Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Hey, welcome back everybody to Morning Footy. So, South American World Cup qualifying is back in full swing tonight. One match there to keep an eye on is uh, Brazil as they take on tricky underdog uh, Venezuela. That's going to be a good one. Brazil won their first two qualifiers off the cycle, remember? And they welcome back Vinny Jr. Uh, for this game. So important to have him back. Uh, would you say that actually, Nico? Would you say it's important to have him back for their success? Yeah. Vinicius is kind of like that next guy in line after Neymar, which I'm super intrigued about to see how his time at the Brazilian national team plays out. Neymar? Yeah. Because how, now that he's in Saudi Arabia? Now that he's in Saudi Arabia for the next coming years into the next World Cup, because there were rumors Neymar had spoken publicly about maybe Qatar being his last World Cup and how perhaps Vinicius takes the baton to be the guy for the, for the Brazilian national team. So it's interesting times. Well, when it came to MLS? Neymar? Yeah, Maybe. before that World Cup in 2026. After the Saudi money? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does MLS have Saudi money? No, they, but after they, you they cash out you in Saudi. You wouldn't need to. Because you stay you're, cashing you're, out. You're, you're already cashed out. You're good. Mm. When it came to uh, Jordan Henderson and him being in, in the Saudi league, you guys seem to think, well, that's it. You, you shouldn't really be playing for England anymore because you're not playing at that level for club. Do you, do you feel the same about Neymar? The thing is that Neymar had a higher status on the Brazilian national team than Jordan Henderson had on the English national team. And I want to see where his level is at. I think we're all in consensus that Jordan Henderson, even while he was at Liverpool, there was a dip in form. Neymar proved in the last World Cup qualifying window that he still deserved to have a spot on this national team because he still has quality. But naturally, if you're not competing at the highest level, there's going to be a drop-off at some point. And Jordan Henderson couldn't tie Neymar's shoes. <laughs> so I think in terms of quality, you're saying, where are you in terms of the team performance? If you're at your peak, if you're at your best right now, are you starting in that team? Jordan Henderson doesn't have the legs anymore. Other players have come up and have surpassed Jordan Henderson where he shouldn't be in the team even if he was playing in England. So for, for Neymar, his quality is there. It's one of those things where if... Like Messi, if Messi for Argentina, right. he plays in Major League Soccer, he's important to the setup anyway. He's going to play regardless, no matter where he is in the world. And I think Neymar, it's the same thing. You're just worried about health and ambition. Mm. And, and I think if he has that same focus about giving his all for Brazil, then he's going to play. I think Carlo Ancelotti can figure it out without Neymar. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you got Rafinha, eh, Vinicius, eh, Rodrigo, Richarlison, Paqueta, Bruno Guimaraes, Casemiro. In South America, we say Brazil's Brazil. It doesn't matter who's playing for mm. Brazil. They're too good.
always. And they're all, they go to the World Cup, doesn't matter how they go into the World Cup, being one of the, if not the highest, best candidate to win it all. Look at, look at what Ancelotti has done this season with Real Madrid, given all the injuries and players mm, leaving. That's a good point. Still, top of, top of La Liga. So you give them even more quality and depth with Brazil, it'll be fine. You know what I like about this international window, though? What's that, Nico? Because Brazil's coach is, right now, the interim coach, Fernando Giniz, who's the Fluminense coach currently in the Copa Libertadores That's so final against Boca. To me. So Fluminense. To have an active club yeah. coach. He, Fluminense, who's in the Copa Libertadores final in a couple of weeks. What's <laughs> he so hype about? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. He's getting excited. So excited. No, Latin American football, everybody. They lose their manager for 10 days. Absurd. You're, you're in the most prestigious cup final you can play. Is, and there, you don't have your manager? Never. Like this, never. Never. It, yeah, it, it's baffling to me. So, I, I, Fluminense didn't think about this going forward. It is it's crazy. What? I, I get excited when my rival loses the coach for 10 no, days. I know. You're like, hey, Boca is going to come up now. No, they got it's, a little, this. it's something, something that helps my hopes a little bit more. I know. I love it. Yeah. You're, you're feeling this. Yeah. Hopefully, look, that's the when stadium. Is the, when is the final? Oh, November 4th. Oh, oh my God. I can, I can imagine you get, myself. Did you book oh, your tickets yet? Dali, 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 dali. Did you book your tickets yet? Um, I, need, I need my ticket to be confirmed. Where do you sit? I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going to sit. I want to sit with the Boca fans, so I can't sit. Oh, I was there for the World Cup final in the middle of... Germans and Brazilians. You can't do what Charlie did, you mean? When he went to the <gasps> Arsenal City game? Oh my gosh. No, I can't. For, no way. I cannot behave. That, Alexis still hasn't forgiven you. No, that was danger. That was dangerous. That could have been, been. Oh, it could have gone very loud. I gone. agree with you. I had an Arsenal hat in my jacket. I was like, please, Lord, don't let this pop out. <laughs> please. What? Please, Lord. What? You knew you were going to sit in the city end, no? No. Oh, you didn't know? No. Wait, when, when did you find out you were sitting in the city end? When we got there, I didn't know where our seats were. You're state wrestling champion. I think I think you I had an Arsenal kid on. You could have turned around to a city fan. Hey, I'm like, state nope, wrestling champion. I'm not wearing that. Oh, boy. Everyone's like, hey, don't wear and anything red. Can I just put it into perspective? Imagine that you were scared. Imagine a Copa Libertadores final at Fluminense's house. There's different rules in South America when it comes to this stuff. Uh, yeah. You're, you're getting lumped in the back, back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> Argentina versus Brazil. Yeah. You think you're sitting there just to watch. Wow. <laughs> okay. We are going to go to a break. Uh, we're going to bring you some headlines, maybe some more jokes, a bit here or there. Alexis is coming back with the headlines in just a second. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. 
There's football today, starting with the Euro 2024 qualifier group A. We've been like two days without football. I'm freaking out. I need to watch something. Spain against Scotland is the marquee matchup. Also in Comebol, it's the World Cup qualifiers. Argentina against Paraguay. Brazil against Venezuela. But the CONCACAF Nations League, League A, Group B, is getting heated because Cuba against Honduras. Cuba has a chance. Jamaica's also in the mix, obviously, with Grenada sitting at the bottom of the group. Oye, mi socio, doing the headlines. Hacer, ya tu sabes. Ya tu sabes, Habana. Habana, that's what we say. We just yelled city names. Habana, Nueva York. Ya tu sabes. Stanford. Ya tu sabes. All right, you guys ready for some headlines? All right, mira, yo lo tengo, chico. Let's start with some U.S. men's national team news. Norwich City's forward Josh Sargent has signed a new contract. The 23-year-old U.S. men's national team player who is currently sidelined with an ankle injury, he picked up. Go ahead. Oh up the, thank you, Kate, super professional, has picked up uh, an ankle injury. He picked up in August, has committed to the Canaries until the summer of 2028. He scored three goals in Norwich's first four games of the season and has scored 20 times since joining Norwich from Werder Bremen in the summer of 2021. Staying with U.S. men's national soccer news, U.S. men's soccer news, 18 players have been selected to represent the USA at the 2023 Pan American Games in Chile. This is the first time since 2007 that the U.S. has sent a men's team to the Continental Multisport event for North and South America. The U.S. qualified for the games by winning the 2022 CONCACAF U-20 championship. The young roster featuring players from 12 MLS clubs kicks off their tournament on October 23rd and will face Brazil, Honduras, and Colombia in the group stage. And over in Italy, Romelu Lukaku finally spoke out after a summer of drama that saw his tenure at Inter Milan end in chaos following a disappointing performance in the Champions League final. Lukaku has reportedly, was reportedly keen on a move to Serie A rival Juventus and drew interest from Saudi Arabia, but he eventually landed on a loan to Jose Mourinho's Roma. Lukaku spoke out in the wild, on the wild summer saying, and I quote, most people in this room know me. You know that I don't like to beat around the bush. I will, I will speak when the time is right, but if I told you how things really went last summer, <laughs> everyone would be shocked. When I say things, they are taken out of context, and I don't want that right now. Is that that Jersey bitterness? Uh, he sounded like a mean girl in that, so I went with that. Uh, staying in Italy, Antonio Conte has shot down reports claiming that he is in the frame for the Napoli managerial job amid reports that current manager Rudy Garcia's job is in jeopardy. According to multiple reports, the Italian manager has been approached by Napoli about the managerial position. Conte refuted the rumors in a post on Instagram that read, I hear insistent, insistent rumors that the, the that connect me with important clubs. I re but I reaffirmed that for now, all I want to do is still stay still and enjoy my family. Uh, you know what? The translation ain't working. Um, Conte has been out of work since he left Tottenham in March. He has managed in Serie A before with Atalanta, Juventus, and Inter Milan. Uh, quick talk back here. Alexis! Uh, you know, actually, this is, uh, I'll do it as, <laughs> I'll do it as messy. Alexi, uh, for a, uh, for, this is a messy. Uh, for a team trying to get back to the top of the Serie A, uh, should they be looking for a manager who failed at Tottenham just last season? Uh, I'll, I'll throw this back to you guys as well, but I, I think Antonio Conte has proven he's a winner. He tossed himself. Uh, yes, I did. I tossed <laughs> it myself because I said, let me toss it to the, the smartest and most beautiful person on the cast. <laughs> um, I actually think Antonio Conte would do better in Italy than he did at Tottenham. 
Tottenham because Tottenham was a project, and I think Antonio Conte wants something that's a bit more stable and something he can sort of stable at Napoli. And certainly, I mean, they're a good team. It's Rudy Garcia's fault right now. Ooh. So I think he is uh, just, but he doesn't play the style that I think maybe Napoli fans want, or do they want three points? Nico, what are your thoughts? Conte knows how to win in Serie A. He has experience. He knows the league. And that's what I'll put in his camp in favor of him. Mm, but it's, his football has been tough to watch recently. And, it's, and like you said, Alexis, it's very different to how Napoli were playing very different. last year. They, the team is not built for three in the back with the wing backs. That's not, that's not Napoli. Napoli will not play that way and have success in Serie A. So if he can change his style and adapt, which all managers have to do at some point, you have to evolve. The game changes, teams change, formation changes. You can't play a formation if you don't have the players to play it. And I think if Conte is willing to do that, given his experience and success, that was he, a brilliant of Spalletti last season because he got the best of Catenaccio culturally, what had given Italian football so much success but transformed it into something more progressive. Yes. And he was getting the most out of Osimhen, he was getting the most out of Kvaraschkelia. But not only that, the midfield was impressive as and, well. And, and Gisa. And Lobotka, and, yeah. and Gisa Zielinski, the way that Kim Min-Jae was stepping up, up into attack, it was, it was something like we've never seen typically from Italian managers Do you managers think if Spalletti was still in charge at Napoli, they would be having better results? Because they did lose some guys. Me mentioned like I, Kim and I, I Jay do. and I, I think I think they'd still they'd be better off than they are now. Yeah. Because I feel that whenever a new manager comes into a team, he's trying to Im, impact the team in his his way. He wants to kind of move mm. away from what the previous manager has done. In some cases, you're saying, okay, he wants to he wants he wants to form this as his. He wants to make sure that everyone knows that he's changed it, he's tweaked it, so that this team, if they do have success, it's his. It's not from the previous manager. Some ca- in some cases, that, that works against the club and, mm-hmm. and what the team has built. I, I've heard from a lot of players where a new manager comes in and they say, forget what has worked, you're doing it my way. You're never going to win the locker room that way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it seems that Rudy Garcia has come in and is like, guys, yeah. forget what you've done in the past. This is my way, my team. And guys are like, we've already won. We won, we won Serie A last year. What yeah. are you talking about? So I think that's the, the part where you, know, you, you want a new manager to do well and succeed, but if you're not willing to give and take and work with the team and work with the players and work what has worked with the squad, what's been successful, then you're usually fighting a, a, a battle that's not going to go in your favor. Okay, uh, so after the break, which we are going to take a short break, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the bigger teams in Europe and, and how concerned they should be about their form. It's a panic meter segment. That's what we're going to do. That's right, Charlie, panic meters. We'll be back. <laughs> you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello, 
everybody. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Good to have you with us. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about, obviously, it's international break, which means we have a, a pause in the club season, so it's kind of a good time to take stock of who's doing well, who's not. There are, there are a few of the, the bigger teams in Europe who are having tough beginnings to their season. I think Ajax is one of the, the names that screams, Oof. we're in trouble. We're, we're having a tough Help. time. <laughs> it's just so weird. To, I mean, they're, they're 16 out of 18 in the league, and that just feels so strange to see. I don't remember ever seeing that with, with a team like oh, Ajax. It's almost an unprecedented start. You were in a Champions league. league final, uh, no, semi-final, sorry, in yeah. 2019, yeah. right? How do you go from there to, to here? We were talking about this on the show before that the turnover is something Ajax is used to selling players, yeah. buying players, and you move on to not bigger and better, but to the next guy with a lot of potential. Get the most out of him in, in, in developing players, in putting together a competitive team, but they've dropped the ball so much this season. And if we're looking at a panic meter, at Feyenoord 4, Ajax 0 at Ajax's house, I would have said full panic, but they're trying to stabilize the ship. I'm going to say in trouble um, for Ajax. There we go. No, I would say full <clears throat> panic. Absolutely full panic. What has I, to happen? I, I, I'm, I'm saying they, they were at full panic against Feyenoord. Louis van Gaal has come in. They haven't gotten the right results. At the end of the, like Ajax, what do you want me to do? Like, how much you want to bet Ajax is not going to get relegated? There's no way that this continues in this manner. They're going to find a way. They have too much quality in comparison to the rest of the Eddie DVZ. It's really, really, they, really to bad. To put that in perspective, they haven't finished outside of the top three yeah. since 2006. Okay, and you're telling me in 16th place, this isn't full-blown panic. <laughs> Tornado. I was, I'm saying. F5 the, coming through. But, but they, they, with Louis van Gaal, they, they've Even obviously recognized the problem. Just Louis van Gaal in the stadium? They, they did a close-up on him. He was like this. After they lost, like, there's no, I can't even help. There's nothing I can do to help this. It is bad. Okay. It is real. And the supporters, they tell you, even, it's worse than that. We, we're not even doing it justice. They don't okay. even have a, a, a level of panic where Ajax should be right yeah, now. Yeah, but what did they get to the next stage of the Europa League in that very tough group? You know, still, they still have to do well in the league. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, Can, yeah, it was in the red. It's 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 there. Because like, let's look at the resources for the rest of the league to be where they are, given that outside of the top crazy, five, disparity, crazy. there's nothing. I talk about resources. Let's talk about Ooh. Chelsea. Let's talk Who about Chelsea. Chelsea. I'll give it to me. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they were in full-blown panic mode at the end of last season. That, that for me, Chelsea always competing for titles at the top. For me right now, they're at nervous. Mm. It's at nervous. Really? really? Yeah, yes. And the reason why is because they were, it was so full blown, full panic last season that when you bring in a, a new manager, you have to give him time. And Right at the moment. It was supposed to get better than it was under okay. Graham. I'm going to clap back at you the same yes, way that you clap no, back at me. This has got to be further right than hold, panic meter. Hold on. Are you mad? Hold on. No. Yes, he is. <laughs> In their last four matches. Okay. Okay. They have three wins and one draw. So they're unbeaten. Seven goals for, one goal against. Right. It was going to take time with such a young squad to figure it out. And it was going to take time. And what I like about this team, Pochettino said, look, 
we have Nico Jackson, we have Mudrik, who they spent all the all these players who were spent a lot of money on. We have to figure out defensively how do we stop shipping goals. One, two. How do we get the most out of our attacking players who are all young and full of talent? It's taken time, but I think he now has an understanding of how to get this team to play, to compete, and Arsenal is their next test. If they can get a result against Arsenal at home, it's exactly what you just told me. The stats that you just gave me, it's like when your stock is doing bad and you minimize the window on your app and you're like, okay, let's see how my stock is doing the last three days, and you see it's it's going up. It's trending up. But but you open it up to the month and you've lost money. It, and, and that for Chelsea, for the amount they haven't, of... They haven't lost money. They, I'm talking about the stock. It was a simile. It was, well, it was if, you're saying, if you said the month, okay. uh, they're, they're, but, they're but doing they're, well. They're, okay. Metaphor. Uh, <laughs> for the amount of investment that Chelsea has put in the squad, if you combine last season and the beginning of this season, it's so subpar. It's going to be worse any, than I'll, tell, I'll tell you right now, any we, manager in the world given this team of how dysfunctional it was and how they just went <laughs> how, and how they went, let me get the best players who have oh. the big, who are the hottest players at the moment, spend as much money as you can. There's no plan. Speaking There's no about- direction. Here we go. I think it was going to take time for any manager. And right now it seems like he's starting to find a groove. Speaking of dysfunction, <laughs> Oh. Susanna, why did we give why did we give Manchester United to a Liverpool fan? I, know. I, don't know I was why like, it doesn't this. seem really it doesn't seem right that the Liverpool yeah. fan gets to assess Hit the us. panic meter of uh, Manchester United. I feel like I should ask Kate this question be, as a Manchester United fan. Yeah, I feel like you should but too. When I was I was trying to be very <laughs> objective when I was thinking about Manchester United, and I'm. It's hard. It's hard to find positives right now. Aside from, but honestly, when when you win at home at Brentford and it looks like you you're celebrating like you just won the league, (laughs) like that's not a good indication. And I mean, they've got six losses in eleven games across all competitions this year. They're losing. They're so the my my panic meter is at in trouble. I'm gonna go in trouble. Mm. Is that where we are? Mm. There we go. Yeah, in trouble. I, they, the the seven goals allowed in in Champions League that the the losses to Galatasaray uh, where they had the lead and relinquished it twice. They Marcus Rashford can't score. Mason Mount hasn't lived up to expectations. Onana is has been not good. Uh, the injuries, the, the off the pitch issues with Anthony and Jaden Sancho there's just there there, there seems like there's a lot so much there's so much going on and I don't it doesn't for me when I look at the Manchester United situation it's it's not a quick fix you know like yes you like getting Luke Shaw back hopefully in November can can make a little bit of a difference and then perhaps you can get Marcus Rashford going and scoring like we saw him last year from that kind of service but it's just I, I look at the situation and I just don't see a, an easy a quick fix and so I think I don't know how like for you Kate where is your where is your panic meter with them I'm okay with where it was yeah um I think for me, the, the celebration after the Brentford, after the final whistle, after the Brentford game, was it was relief mm-hmm. rather than like mm-hmm. elation. Oh wow, we're killing it! It yeah. was oh, thank God. Yeah, we got away with one. Um, I, I guess as a Man United fan, the only thing you can hope is that the international break is going to be good for us. <laughs> we we got the result at least at Brentford. However well we played, we come away with three points from that game. We get to go away to our international camps, regroup. We get to come back like fresh pair of eyes, fresh mentality. 
But yeah, I think there are so many problems that you listed off there that, that are longer term fixes. Um, Can I add something? Yeah. I think the positive in all this negative is, is that it's the injured players that have made a big difference. Yeah. When you ha don't have Rafael Varane and Lissandro Martinez, yeah. two of your staples in the back line missing, along with Luke Shaw, your foundation's cracked. And trying to mix and match Harry Maguire and Lindelof, and it, it just, if you don't have confidence in the back, how can you attack? How can you be successful, especially in transition? And all these teams have been bossing United because they just, they don't have a team that is, is strong front to back. And I think if you don't have a strong spine, yeah. especially in your foundation, your back line, forget it, no matter how good your team is. I think that's... I think that's the positive you could look at if in, in a negative is once we get those players healthy, I think we could get back to competing and being in the top half of the table. At Sheffield United, at home in the Champions League, Copenhagen, big pressure game, then at home against Manchester City, mm -hmm. and then at home against Newcastle. That's, that's a run, isn't it? Oof. The gauntlet. Mm. It, it could be full panic in, well, there, let's revisit this in four weeks' time. Right now. Eric Ten Hag is going to be calling David Beckham. Uh, hello? Talk. Uh, I got these fans yelling at me. What should I do? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we are going to go to a very quick break. We're going to talk about the Olympics next. Charlie's got personal experience to share with us. We want to talk about that. We're going to come back in just a minute. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Morning Footy. Good to have you with us. Uh, the U.S. under-23 men's national team beat Mexico last night. 2-1 was the score in Phoenix. Uh, they are, of course, preparing for next year's Olympic Games. They made it. The Americans have qualified for the Olympics for the first time since 2008. When what happened? That's right. Our very own Charlie Davies was on the team. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this current uh, U23 camp is an opportunity for some of these Olympic hopefuls to boost their stock. Um, what does it mean to a player to get to be involved in an event, a global event like that, the Olympics? It's the pinnacle of sport, you know what I mean? I think as an American in particular, growing up, the Olympics is the biggest sporting event in the world because you have all the biggest and, and brightest stars come together to represent your country. And I remember as a kid watching Michael Jack Johnson run the 96 Olympics with the gold shoes mm. and being... I would have loved to see Michael Jackson I run know. that. Yeah, I, I was just so inspired. And right. I was like, I, I want to be, I want to play in the Olympics one day. And seeing uh, Jackie Joyner running the, the 200 meter or 100 meter, Jackie Joyner, uh, Joyner Kersey, um, she had the long nails. Who was, no, that was Flojo. Flojo. Just, yeah, yeah, Flojo. She Flojo. had the nails, right? It's crazy how the Olympics makes these people into household names and even heroes, heroes. for sports that generally we don't care that much about. Like, how, how often have you guys seen any type of swimming race? And Michael Phelps is... He won 10 like, in... in we adore Michael Phelps. Oh, that Olympics when he was going to break the records. I mean, I remember like watching in bars in Brooklyn. Like it was like people were glued to the te television. And to your point, Nico, like 
It's and, not and, like, and it's yeah, not just not in the United States. It's in all the countries in the world. And, and, and all the sport. gymnasts. I mean, you go back, Dominic Dawes and Kerry Strug on one ankle winning the gold. <gasps> I just remember being like, this is what I want to do. I want to represent my country in the Olympics, try and win a gold medal. And then in 2008, you get the opportunity to walk in the opening ceremony. And you not only get to meet all of the athletes that are representing the United States, and we're talking. Oh, okay. Look at you This is and the, Kobe. The, the redeem team, Come but on. we had. Look at that, Josie and We had Mo. such an incredible team. Oh, but also, LeBron. I got to meet all the athletes from every other nation, and everyone's coming together. It was, it was phenomenal. And Ralph. That Brad goes Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Moe stupid Warren, with his hat. They, kid, they kidded us out. Is that Freddie? Looking sharp. Freddie Adu, Mo, Josie. Look at you and your Ralph Lauren. You, you just felt mm. that this is the pinnacle of. <laughs> Dax, Macari, Sasha Kleshin, Benny Phil Arbor, Chris oh, Sykes. Oh man, Sue Sasha, Holden. I didn't recognize him then. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Sasha without the mustache. But it, it's an incredible experience that you get. It's the last youth tournament before a World Cup. In the Olympics, you get three overage players, which are over 23 right. years old. But to get that experience of competing against the world's best, it gives you hope that you can win a World Cup one day. This is what mm. it, the, the environment is like, the atmosphere, what it's like to compete in a group stage. It gives you that a, a good experience for the next level, the next step, the last step. And I think for our group in particular, it gave us a real boost. Because yes, we, we underperformed in the sense that I think we really should have meddled with the group of players mm. that we had. We, we beat uh, Japan in the first game. We drew against the Netherlands. And then we lost to Nigeria in the final group stage game because of a red card. Um, Michael Roscoe elbowed a player in the first five minutes of the game and we lost 2-1. Oh. But ultimately, I think this next group has not, there hasn't been an, an, an Olympics appearance from a, a US uh, youth national team since 2008, since ours. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, this will give this group a whole nother appreciation for what the world's game brings and at that level what you need to have to be successful. So uh, I'm looking at a lot of players to come through and, and have that a big performance. That makes this international it's, window it's so, so much so more important, important right? Yeah. Um, so important. Going into next summer, again, we have so much talent that's below 23 years old that the team that played yesterday against Mexico is probably not going to look like the team that will play in the Olympics. Plus you get your three over age players, yes. right? And then it becomes a tricky situation for, for those stars, the stars on the, on the main national team. You've got Copa America right before the Summer Olympics. So it's like, where do your priorities lie? Can you do both? Players, prob I mean, you'll tell me, you probably want to do both. You, you did two tournaments in, in, yeah. in one summer. Well, the clubs let them. So it, now we go into that tricky situation heading into the summer. How is this team actually going to look like when we have so many U23 stars playing on the senior national team? All, all I need to say is I need to see Yunus Musa play in both. Mm. I, Yunus Musa is, would be a game changer for this group. Ricardo Pepe can play in both. Balogun. Oh. could play hmm. in both. So figuring out what this squad looks like, there's so many talented young U.S. men's national team players that can play both. And then who are you going to bring as your, your three overage players? Because this tournament, given that there's no World Cup qualifying, could be extremely important for the three overage players to Pick get them three. ready Pick for 2026. Three. Pick my three right now? Yeah. <gasps> the over 23s. Christian? I'm going to go Yunus Musa. Oh, no, not these, these are not overage. Overage, Christian. Christian Pulisic, one. 
Uh, Weston McKinney, two. Keeper? No. No? Gaga Sonina, have him in goal. Center back? You don't want to waste it. Uh, center back, Chris Richards. Bop. Pick your three. I would want a center back, just off the top of my head, Chris, Christian, for sure. Um, maybe like a, like a winger? Is, this, is Whale U23? I don't think so. No, he'd be over maybe, and, and I would want a center back also, Chris Richards. I would pick Chris Richards for sure, but I, I think I would take like a, a goalkeeper. I, I don't know if Gaga, I, I love Gaga, but I, I would just feel better with like a Matt Turner mm -hmm. in goal. And Musa, let's put Musa in there. I love that shout. Oh, but he's too young. Pulisic, Pulisic. So Pulisic, Pulisic, Turner, Turner and Richards. Richards, got it. Uh, okay, we're gonna go to a very quick break. We're gonna talk about what is coming up this weekend. You know what it is? It is the final match day of the MLS regular season. The season effectively already over for those teams already eliminated from playoff contention. Of course, when we come back, we're gonna offer some solutions, how to fix those uh, disappointing clubs. We'll be back. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, the final playoff places in MLS will be decided this weekend and two of the league's most successful clubs have already seen their playoff hopes dashed. The LA Galaxy and DC United, they've won the most MLS Cup titles in league history, combining for nine between them, but they will not be adding to that total uh, this year. The Galaxy, almost a decade removed now from that Robbie Keane, David Beckham, Landon Donovan-led era, um, where that group won three titles. They've missed the playoffs now in five of the past seven seasons. I don't really know where we start with them. Long injury list, fan protests, the president, Chris Klein, leaving halfway through the season. Uh, I think the question is, how do we get them back to being that galaxy, galaxy kind of like the, that force in the league that they once were? Anybody have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I think it has to start with getting getting the, the players right, and they, they're going to have two DP slots open, it looks like, because Chicharito's contract is up in Diego mm. Costa as well. So they have to get those two spots right. Um, Douglas Costa. What's that? Douglas Costa. That's right. Forgive me. Um, but they, they, haven't, they haven't gotten that correct in the past. And Chicharito, actually, when he was healthy, he was, he was scoring goals mm. at, at an incredibly high mm. rate. But the, the problem with him was that he was mo mostly injured for his time at the LA Galaxy. And so they, they, need, to, they need to get that right. My biggest question, and, and I, I, I like Greg Vanny. I look at what he did in Toronto and think that he's a, he's a good manager. But I don't, I don't know that he is the right guy right now for for this project because there just seems to be, he's brought over some players that just hasn't really worked. Um, he's just kind of bullish on his on his formation and he's he's not really willing to, to bend at all. And I think when, like when Chicharito went injured and, and a guy like Jovalich, you know, you thought maybe could come in and pick up some slack, he wasn't able to do it. And there's just no, there's no solutions. And so I wonder, 
Now he is the, I can't remember what his title is now, but I, I think he might be the GM as well as the head coach. And if he like is interim, making, interim, he, but he's going to be making some of these personnel decisions. And I, I just have questions if that's the right, if that's the right person to be, be doing that. I mean, head coach and sporting director. Yes, Thank you, Ivis. I mean, uh, you were spot on with, with the LA Galaxy. I remember 2014 losing at LA Galaxy in the MLS Cup Final, and that was kind of like the end of that reign because Robbie Keane left, Landon Donovan retired, mm. and Jossie Zardes was traded to Columbus Crew, and then he takes off. But the Galaxy just haven't been able to get the players right, the right mix of DPs. You know, you, you go from David Beckham to Robbie Keane, and Robbie Keane is probably one of the, the, the best DP signings ever in league history, mm. but probably doesn't, it, for me, doesn't get the credit he deserves. He was incredible. His off-the-ball movement, his influence in a game, that's a DP. When you're spending money, you only get three designated players. Those players have to hit. You, you don't have the... Uh, you, you're not going to be afforded the chance to let a DP take two or three seasons to get going. That, it doesn't work like that in this league. You have to make sure that when you get a DP, they are producing. It may, maybe it takes a little time, but they have to hit. And Galaxy haven't <coughs> hit with their not only their DPs, but their, their bigger salaried players. And I think from that standpoint, if you don't have a goalkeeper, one, who's consistent, oh. goalkeepers are... are mm. it, are so crucial defense. to success. Look at, look at even Martin Cáceres hasn't been but, playing but at, Nico, a, at a top their, level. Their the, defense has been in shambles the, for years. Yeah. That has been a perpetual so, problem. For re- remember at the beginning of the season when Chris Klein himself, the president of the Galaxy, said to the uh, season ticket holders mm-hmm. that if we don't make the playoffs, all resign. Like he put his resignation forward. That's the bar that he said, all right, that is like our rock bottom. But it, he didn't even let the season pan out that way. He got fired beforehand. And now let's move over to that bar that he said at the beginning of the season, they didn't make the, the postseason. There needs to be somewhat of institutional change to get the most out, out of signings. You, you need somebody having the brains, the know-how to get the signings right because Pavon didn't work. Zlatan came in and it became the Zlatan show only. And they made, they got to the postseason and would lose those games. It was Efra, a show, but Efra, it wasn't. And Efra Alvarez, Efra, a player who Efra Zlatan Alvarez. was like, he's the most talented player. No coach has been able to get the most out of him. And yes, you could say, hey, it's on the player too to, to you know, train harder, eat right, be fit because some player, some Players that I, I, I've come across that oh he can't <laughs> he me. can't give you a hundred percent for ninety minutes. What about the academy? But they haven't been you got either. As a manager, when you take this role, you it's your job to get the most out of every single player in the roster, and the Galaxy have not been able to do that. And then on the flip side, I look at a, a club like DC United. Look at how many players have come through that organization and have faltered. The, the bad signings that they have made, and Taxi Fontas even, even the being one of them, another big player for them, they have to, they have to cut ties with him. You, obviously, you, you, you have multiple racist occasions, you're, you're gone, right? Uh, Nigel Roberta, you spend a million dollars on him, he has one goal this season. He hasn't, hasn't panned out. So there's been too many opportun- opportunities for DC to rewrite the ship since Lucho Acosta and Rudy played together, and then there was excitement. And Ben, 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 ben Teke has, has been good, I would say. Ben Teke has been good, but yeah, he's the, been the, the rest of the squad, the goalkeeping. Oh, yeah. You got Losada wrong. Rooney hasn't worked out. Where's the direction? 
And I, being a former DC United player, I look at that organization, I'm like, damn, the fans deserve so much more. Yeah. They're the, they, are, they are the most passionate and uh, convinced that this is their life, livelihood. DC United means so much to them. They built that club. The way they, the Barra Brava used to rock the they stadium at RFK. MLS. Like, mm-hmm. for me, I get passionate talking about DC United because that's a... a that they should be a staple in, in Major League Soccer, and right now the, they, they just haven't done it. You enjoy coaching, don't you? I oh. do. <laughs> yeah, but no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Wow, he went running. Jeez. <laughs> we are coming right back, don't we? Football. Absolutely. Grab your mate, get on your couch, and watch Euro qualifiers, Espania versus Scotland. <laughs> bravo, bravo, bravo. I'm, I'm actually going to be watching Croatia versus Turkey. That's going to be a really good one, too. Con Mebol. Oh, you can watch soccer all afternoon long. Argentina plays later tonight against Paraguay and Brazil. Zoo, 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 zoo. Plays against the Wow. So you watching Argentina? Uh, yeah. And then oh, I, I, I'm really interested in the Colombia against Uruguay game. That's the first. Uh, the first one on the docket. So, like, quality-wise, that's the one I'm looking most forward to. Sorry, I got distracted by Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> Is he, he really? There? He really misses he the desk. Away. He I know. really He's misses the desk. He's right there. You see it right there? <laughs> It's like Halloween. I missed you guys. Oh, I thought you were going to I thought I could, no, no, no. I thought I could hide and then just get in the last segment. You thought you could hide. Yeah, no. I actually didn't think I'd fit in there. So that was quite impressive for even me. Um, Well, it's the final segment. We're talking about game (laughs) predictions. Game predictions. Oh, boy. Ooh. You do skate crashing for the segment? Is that okay? Yeah, Jim, I don't think do it was you want part of the plan, here, but here I am. Would you like me to have him removed? We can have <laughs> <Come> him removed. <laughs> sure. She, you're here for one sure. week, and all of a She's sudden. Sure. Gritted teeth. <laughs> sure. Uh, Spain, Scotland. <gasps> Who wants to give a prediction? I'll give a prediction. Guillaume said they're going for revenge. Revenge. Um, I really, I really like the Scotland team. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited about them, and I think that I don't think it's necessarily a fluke that they've had the results that they've had because I think what Steve Clark has done in four years is kind of brought some stability, and they're now at a point where they've got a decent amount of talent guys that have been there for a while but also some like younger guys that are getting some significant minutes in Europe and they're just they're so defensively sound they play like a very pragmatic defensive center back style. left center back yeah i yeah, mean and is- and McTominay has been absolutely incredible um for for Scotland and i just i don't know i think that they're going to i think this could be a draw i think they could get a point out of this game so i'm going to say mm-hmm. score prediction i'm going to say 2-2 draw you know which game I want to hear about? Cuba, Honduras. Oh, it's mm. going to be amazing. Mm. Let's bet. Hot sauce. You want to do it? Honduras gets it done. Okay, what's Wait, the bet? Wait, what's the bet? Hot sauce? Yeah, but you know no, hot, hot sauce doesn't bother me. No, hot sauce has nothing to lose on the hot sauce. Yeah. What do you mean? Why? Because I'm, he's really he good. Take, he has a high tolerance hot sauce for, high, for hot sauce. <laughs> Wait, no, you invite me to Lindustry Pizza. Whoever loses, invite to Lindustry. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's like, sure. I'm yeah. bored of that. That's, that's boring. Yeah, that's boring. Think of something. That's better. a win-win for me. Oh no! If I lose, I got to eat pizza with yeah, you. Give, give, oh no! Give, give us something real of consequence. Come on, Nico. Mm, give me some Star Wars. I got one. I, to, I got one. I have to be a Sith Lord Lose, or something. No. Loser has to keep be clean shaven. Oh no, I'm not. No. Oh, I want to see it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I want to yeah, see no. it. Yeah, that's not happening. No, yeah, I'll no, because I'll be divorced. <laughs> what do you mean? This is the wife. This is for the wife right here. She yeah, what if she? That's not true. That's not true. Stop it. No, I'm not doing it. I swear to God. So I've had it since well, I got married. She won't like you anymore. Yeah, well, she don't think so. She won't even recognize me. She will divorce you. Cuba's gonna be Honduras two 0 He's gonna shave. Gillette. I'm not Gillette. is gonna win. I'll shave. Some, I'll shave my back. My back. All right, bald. <laughs> huh? Bald. Haircut, bald. No, that's also not gonna happen. I'm afraid <laughs> it won't grow back. No, I'd rather. I'd rather just buy you Lindstrom pizza. To be honest with you. I was with a clean shave. Anybody want to bet on anything else before we go? We got 40, 40 seconds ish left to go. We got Croatia, Turkey, Argentina, Paraguay, Brazil, Venezuela. Croatia, Predictions. Turkey will be good. Predictions, predictions. Anybody want to bet against Croatia? No, I got, I got, I got absolutely no. not. My chips, my chips Croatia! Vamos Croatia! Croatia! How do you split? All of them. I got my chips for Turkey. I'm, I'm the, uh, all in for Turkey. The head honcho of CBS soccer is, by the way. Can you tell? Croatia. No, I got it in my blood. <laughs> Good morning. Hope you're watching. Uh, we will see you soon, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, 8 till 10 a.m. As always, morning. Footy Kit Friday. We'll be back. Footy Kit Friday, everybody. Shave see you then. My beard. You out of your mind?